Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Peeps and Plaid podcast. I'm Christian Gamaling. I'm talking with co-host Austin Caphammer, and we're talking all things Blazer basketball. In this episode, we'll be discussing the upcoming playoff series against the Thunder, the Blazers' biggest rivals in the league, and the final games of the regular season. And then we'll talk about format changes that we'd like to see in the NBA playoffs and lottery. Yo, I'm coming from that 3-6, so that's why I got them brain spinning. Ain't nobody using blinkers, we ain't good at lane switching. Better get a plane ticket. I ain't flying all you chickens though. Always shoot my shot. Better swishing off the pick and roll. Dishing off the give and go. All my squad is driven so you can catch us on the road. Promise we ain't doing shows. So that means if you ain't with us, you ain't with us. Goodbye regular season and what a season it was. Since our last episode, the Blazers finished off the last four games of the season at 3-1, and one, only losing to the Nuggets in Denver and then having some scary close games against the Nuggets, Lakers, and Kings. But Anthony Simons and five deep bench players sealed the three seed in a wild comeback win over the Kings in the Motor Center while the starters got some much needed rest for the playoffs. So the Blazers finish at 53 and 29, their best record since 2014, and they got the three seed for the second year in a row. Now, can they avoid the sweep for the third year in a row and hopefully make their way out of the first round without the help of Yusuf Nurkic? We'll have to see. The Blazers are looking forward to facing Russell Westbrick. MVP G13 and the OKC Sonics. Just kidding, they're the Thunder. Not going to give them credit after getting rid of James Harden and Kevin Durant. Uh, but game one is going to be this Sunday at the Moda Center playing on ABC, which is a big deal. It's on network television. So, Austin, we'll get back to the regular season, but let's jump right into the matchup with the Thunder. What are your thoughts on if this is going to be a good matchup for us, if we have a shot, uh, and where the Thunder stand right now? Yeah, well, I had I had read something here uh, briefly earlier today in Blazers Edge regarding the two star players that are kind of coming back from injury on both respective teams. Uh, at CJ, whereas CJ kind of approached it with, and this could this could entirely be a demeanor thing, but CJ ap- approached the question of his his restricted minutes uh, in Game One by essentially saying, "I'm not restricted at all," and then even playfully looked in the in the camera and said, "Terry, you know, <laughs> at at Stotts." So that's pretty that's pretty uh, candid, and doesn't really seem like he's holding back much there at all. Um, whereas I saw the same snippet, uh, well, same question had a snippet response uh, from from the uh, from these the SI OKC uh, outlet um, with Paul George essentially saying, you know, I, I I'm going to be back up to, uh, close as close as I can to 100%, if not 100%. So as much as that still sounds like he's making promises in his progression and whatnot, he he still went as far to kind of check the reporting and say it's close to. Um, so maybe I'm just reading a little bit too much into that. But, um, man, we can't seem to really stop Paul George in the regular season. So if he even just – no one really wants to wish injury, but if he kind of was still just warming up and getting back in the flow of things as it sounds uh, like he has been as of late, then, um, you know, all the better for us in our first game out. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where I stand on it. I'm, I'm always, like, defending against injury. I, I hear people kind of say, like, I've, I've heard with Paul George, they're like, they should really go after his shoulder, really test it. And uh. I think just me personally, I'm kind of against it, but um, a lot of people think it's relatively innocent to be like, hey, like, you know, if, if he's not strong, go for it. And I get it in, like, a boxing yeah. match. Like, if they got a cut, yeah. you, you go for the cut, whatever the case is. Uh, but... Yeah. Man, I just don't know. I'm, I'm, I would never. Cause if if another team did that with 
like Yusuf Nurkic or someone or like CJ's mm-hmm. got a weak knee after what just happened like mm-hmm. go after mm-hmm. the knee like okay obviously mm-hmm. going after it isn't a thing so yeah um well and I, and I think there's a difference between going after an injury and then going after a player with an injury oh you yeah, know? yeah. If, if, if if it's one thing to say okay anytime you see Paul you know kind of leaning more towards one side than another you know give him a little bit of chest right in that shoulder i think it's i think it's an entirely different thing to say look here's a guy who can't necessarily be quite as physical as he'd like to in the past so uh, if you find yourself uh matched up with him you know try to fight for that offensive board he might be a little bit less prone to try to get that offensive board um or you know on the flip side of that coin if cj is playing on ball defense against russ they might say you know don't be afraid to go side to side a little bit more don't be afraid to attack that matchup as opposed to damian lillard a little bit more um but i get what you're saying you know go we don't we don't want any uh sean payton uh new orleans saints bounty bounty program here in portland yeah and i completely agree with that because just like any player on another team you say oh this guy's weak on defense we're gonna go at him like if if you uh end up in a matchup where like you know Ennis Cantor against Russell Westbrook in the post or something it's like just lean in and go for it so I completely agree with that where if if they have a weakness whether it's an injury whether it's poor defense poor offense uh that's that's someone that you want to attack uh but your method I I don't think you should go after specifically someone's shoulder or something like that I think that's pretty classless uh so yeah, but I'm I'm really looking forward to this series. The Blazers did not win a single game against them this season, but they won six in a row before this season. So do you think the Blazers have a shot? I mean, people are saying, like, oh, it's hard to beat a team eight times in a season. Like, really? But maybe eight times in a row, but I don't I don't think I agree with that. What are your thoughts on that? Well, um, hmm. Well, obviously it's it is difficult to look at the regular season uh, matchup record with them. However, I would say for at least the first two of those, potentially even the third, I'd have to go back and look at the dates, um, were prior to the trade deadline. Um, and as you and I both know, we, we've had uh, a couple of different things change team-wise since then. Yeah. Uh, I think not only have they changed, but very, very recently we've seen Ennis perform at a, at a much higher level on both ends of the floor. Um, and also, he as, as many of the headlines have covered here in recent days, he'll be going up against uh, his, his former teammate, uh, Stephen Adams. So uh, game one, as with most playoff series, it's going to be a telltale sign for a lot of the matchups. I think where Ennis goes is kind of where this, the series goes. Um, and I think it's a great time for Mo, Mo and a couple of these wings to come into their own. Um, in terms of a matchup with Paul George, they always say with with star players of his caliber, sometimes the best thing you can do is just attack them on the other end of the floor. Yeah. Uh, so that that will bode well for us. But you know, it was going to be a tough one regardless. You know, the Jazz weren't going to be any piece of cake. Um, and you know, I want to first and foremost publicly apologize to Mr. Al Farouk Aminu. Uh, <laughs> I, I I was on two shows this last week and slandered, slandered, dro- drug his name through the mud, and uh, he definitely he definitely proved me wrong in that second uh, Denver matchup. But so it's a good time for our wings to kind of play like how they are, and you know, like we touched on the the, the injuries and whatnot. We'll we'll see where this goes. What what are your uh, concerns and thoughts on the matter? Well, I mean. Something I'm concerned about, I heard this, I think, over the radio. I wish I could give credit to this. I don't remember who it was. But they were talking about Ennis Cantor and his time with the Thunder. And they talked about how there was a video clip of 
what's his name billy donovan i can't think of his yes. name landon yep. Don- i don't yep. know landon billy, donovan's it's, a it's, soccer it's, player right uh <laughs> it's billy he's out of, out of florida billy donovan and yeah head coach previously with florida uh mm-hmm. where he basically you could see him mouthing we can't play ennis and it was like his his defense was too atrocious that even though they wanted to they couldn't put him in the game at the time so uh-huh. as much as i i want Cantor to try to get revenge on his old team you know uh i'm a little terrified that the thunder are going to know how to exploit him after having him on the team like obviously they've had a lot of practices with this guy russell westbrook and him they i mean Cantor says westbrook was like the best teammate he ever had so i mean clearly they know each other really well and they're going to know ways that they can exploit him so hopefully the way he's stepped up recently will be effective enough that his offense can counteract his defense but i'm i'm not the most confident in it um however i there was a lot of talk about man the blazers should throw this game i can't believe that they're beating um the kings just so that they can face the thunder and we talked a few weeks ago we talked with uh, keith from uh, trailcasters about how the thunder is a team we do not want to face we were a little hyperbolic <laughs> with it but we don't want to face the Thunder because they can. They have really good defensive guards. They can guard Damon CJ better than basically any team in the West. And yeah. I still stand by that, but I might prefer this over the Jazz now that we don't have Yusuf Nurkic. Man, I wish we had Nurkic. Uh, I talked also in that same podcast with Keith about how Gobert is going to eliminate so much of our offense because when we're yeah. in a hole and trying to spark the offense, it's pretty much all based on Dame driving to the hoop and either scoring inside or the defense is collapsing on him. And Rudy Gobert pretty much takes that element out of the game. Now that we don't have Nurk, that's exaggerated so much more because they're not going to be so worried about Cantor. I mean, luckily he has offense, um, some skills offensively, and some good footwork. But, man, if, if we were against Rudy Gobert, I'd be pretty dang scared considering what our offense is based off of. So uh, I'm a little optimistic for this OKC series, but like I said, four straight losses with, you know, Ennis Cantor previously being on their team. They know a lot about how he plays. I'm I'm pretty pretty scared about how it looks. I, I think we can definitely avoid the sweep. Um, yes. I'm, I'm begging if, for if that. If nothing else. I mean, I'm begging for it because I got tickets to game five, so I need to <laughs> go see the Blazers play. <laughs> Um, well, and to be to be fair and give credit where credit was due, it was Dave. I'm gonna try to make a better habit of doing this uh, if I'm citing other people's uh, hard work. Yes. And so it was it was Dave Deckard on on SB Nation who had, who had uh, posted that article about uh, Paul George and McCollum offering those status updates um, and the exact verbiage from uh, Royce Young of ESPN covering Paul George was. Um, it's playoff time, so it's more than this. It's about being out there with my guys as much as I can get it. A hundred as possible or close to it you can expect me out there on sunday see yeah. so that sounds a little that doesn't sound that doesn't sound like he's a hundred percent yeah i mean we'll see how it goes man i mean they they have a deep team though i was i put on twitter like the thunder i could go down the list of the players on the thunder and explain why i don't want to see them in the playoffs and yeah. I don't think any other team could do it all the way through the Thunder because we're afraid of Raymond Felton because he only knows how to play basketball when he's in the Moda Center against the Blazers. So uh, uh, rightfully so, he's man. he's he's not very. I, they tell me he's not very well liked in the Moda Center. 
Uh, yeah, he is not well-liked at all. Um, he played like trash when he was on the Blazers, and he gained a bunch of weight, so... The cupcake. Raymond Felton, we officially don't like you. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, they got a deep team. I'm I'm pretty sure Roberson. Ferguson is Ferguson, still Ferguson is is a sleeper. Ferguson's like uh, hardly twenty, if that. I think he's I think he's Australian. Gosh, I don't know. I could be wrong about that, but he's just a young guy. He can pull up. Um, he doesn't look like much of a player. He looks like he's probably 140 pounds soaking wet. But that guy can ball. And then uh, I really I, I've liked uh, Grant's game for the last two or three seasons. Um, you know, he's obviously stepped it up this year, but. Grant's, Grant's not one to be uh, reckoned with in terms of those offensive boards and whatnot. He's going to give Mo and uh, Chief a run for their money for some of those second-chance baskets. Yeah, and dude, they're they're all over their roster, I'm scared. Dennis Schroeder, he is a starting caliber, caliber point guard, and he's coming off the bench for them, unless they start him at shooting guard sometimes, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook, obviously, Paul George. Um, you know, Steven Adams is has a lot of energy for how big he is. Patrick Patterson, outside shooting power forward. Um, I mean, he's not elite, but he's got range. Um, And then they got blazer killer, Markeith Morris. That dude finds a way to beat the Blazers and all the the cheat codes. What was it, like two years in a row he, like, stepped out of bounds and shot a game winner against us? Um, Raymond Felton, obviously. Terrence Ferguson, athletic, good defender. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 you know what he actually played overseas so uh, forgive me I, I I misspoke in terms of his uh, nation of origin he, he I mean he, he played high school basketball in Dallas yeah. but he just he's he had commitments to both Arizona and Alabama uh, before deciding to skip college and play overseas in 16 and 17 for the hmm Adelaide 36ers Adelaide thank yeah. You. And then that is an Australian professional uh, team. So yeah. that's 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 where all that was stemming from. And then they got Hamadou Diallo, the uh, athletic freak. So, yeah. I mean, I'm. this is not going to be an easy team to beat regardless. They're deep. They have Nerlens Noel. <laughs> His defense alone yeah. can change a series. So, I mean, I mean luckily Him. we have Zach Collins who can hopefully mm-hmm. bring that same kind of defensive intensity. But it's going to be a tough series regardless. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, that Nerland's Noel, and I don't know, I don't know if they came out in the same draft year. Uh, I think they were both uh, uh, SEC guys, but Nerland's Noel and Willie Cauley Stein, uh, for some reason. Uh, oh, and then Okafor, just those three guys. Those are, those are three guys that were supposed to be big time yeah. um, coming out of college, and they all kind of slumped a bit. Um, and then now it seems like they are, as a group, you know, starting to do stuff respectively for each of their teams. So, um, yeah, Noel was pretty much considered the best player in his draft um, until he had some injury issues. So he dropped down Mm -hmm. to somewhere around like seven to 14 later in the lottery. Uh, But he was, you know, throughout most of the year, he was projected to be the top pick. And then Okafor, I mean, yeah, we don't need to talk about Okafor. He was killing it at, (laughs) at Duke, but I mean, he's a very traditional big man, and the the game's moving further and further away from that. Um, yeah, but yeah, so you know, I, I kind of want to go into um, rivalries. Uh, yeah, we can talk. I saw you posted something here for us. Yeah, you posted. Uh... We'll t- we'll talk more about the uh, shoot. We'll talk more about the last games of the season. 
uh, at the end of the episode, I think. But rivalries, now that we're talking about the OKC Thunder and, you know, they've won four straight against us. We won six straight against them before that. Um, I just want to talk about who the Blazers' biggest rivals in the NBA are. Um, first off, I'm going to ask you this because I, I kind of doubt it, but I'm not certain. Do you think, Lakers. Well, do you think there's a team that hates the Blazers the most? Like a team that's like, this is our biggest rival. Do you think there's any team that's like that? Probably, probably the Rockets. Maybe OKC. You think so? Yeah, I mean, but everyone kind of has bigger fish to fry on a national scale. Um, not in terms of competition, but in terms of like those kind of rumor headline esque things. Like rivalries are. I mean, a player is never really going to admit to it full fledged. So rival rivalries are in part kind of just determined by what makes headlines. And if we're talking about just another team's hate directed towards Portland, we both know that Portland doesn't necessarily always make those national headlines like they should. So yeah, I I would say if you asked me this last season, I'd, I'd tell you the Rockets just because they were probably that, that memory of the .9 shot and uh, uh, just kind of the other troubles that we'd given Houston in, in previous seasons. But now there just seems to be a pretty established – um, rivalry between Russ and the Blazers, yeah. and Russ just so happens to be on the Thunder. Yeah, I, I mean, historically, I think, um, I think the Sonics and Thunder, like on a historical standpoint, like obviously the the I five rivalry, Seattle and Portland, it's we might be their all time biggest rivalry. Um, I think that their current biggest rivalry is the Warriors, but you could say that for about eight other teams maybe more um but definitely with kevin durant going there i mean they might have a bit of a rivalry with the rockets i think they they played them in the playoffs a time or two in the last five years now that they have james harden but yeah i mean definitely right now thunder warriors but i want i saw i saw a crazy graphic you know not to not to stray too much uh, away from our rivalry discussion here but uh, i saw a crazy graphic that uh, resembled Harden having more points this season than he did in all three of his seasons in OKC combined. Wow, that's insane. Um, so if I was an OKC fan, I would hate the Rockets too. <laughs> I, if I was an OKC fan, I'd hate the OKC front office because that's just ridiculous. I mean, yeah. dude, blowing up like... It's got to be the, Kinda... the best young core in NBA history because they have three future MVPs and they're just like James Harden is on another level. Kevin Durant's like people people are starting to argue he's like, you know, top top 10 all time, but some people are even going no. higher than that. Um, I probably would. I probably would. It just makes it difficult to see when he's when he hasn't really had his own team and yeah, whatnot, but I would say he's he's a he's a generational talent for sure. Yeah. And and I could see um going back to who would consider us their biggest rival. I could see the Nuggets or the Jazz potentially seeing us this, as their biggest rival. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I mean, just considering the the Blazers have been throughout their history. I mean, shoot, I don't want to say this without full basis. For we this, are a winning. Pretty, I pretty also, much the best. We in are the, a winning franchise. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we we've been a winning franchise with that sells out games, goes to conference finals. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. We're we're out of those woods for a bit, unfortunately, but. 
we've been a team that's consistently in the playoffs, a hard team for them to beat. Um, so yeah, as far as teams that would consider us their our, their biggest rival, it would have to be either the Thunder, Jazz, Nuggets, or maybe the Rockets. I, I doubt it would be the Rockets. Um, but as far as who the Blazers' biggest rival is, I'm going to throw out some stats, not necessarily stats, more like game records, um, that the Blazers have had all time. Who do you think the Blazers have played the most games against all time, regular season and playoffs? Hmm. Judging by your previous statement or two, uh, oh, you're saying playoffs? Regular season and playoffs, most games in their entire history. Regular season, I'll go with, uh, I'll go with the Jazz. Um, playoffs, I'll go. Sheesh, I'll I'll go I'll go with the Lakers. Yeah, so not Jazz for regular season, but all time combined regular season and playoffs, we've played the Lakers the most out of anyone. Um, we've uh-huh. played the Blazers have played the Lakers ten times in the playoffs. Um, the Blazers only beat them twice out of those ten. Um, but one of those was on the way to the 77 championship. Um, so as far as who the Blazers might dislike the most, a lot of people talk about, you know, the Blazers, Blazers-Lakers is a rivalry, and then Lakers fans are like, oh, Lakers don't even care about the Blazers. Like, yeah. for us Blazer fans, we've played, I mean, the next most amount of games is 257 to the, was it the Suns? No, to the... Okay, that's confusing. Yeah, to the Suns. And where, and where, are, we lo- Suns. where are we locating these statistics here, Christian? Um, I'm on landofbasketball.com. Thank you, Land of Basketball. That has the combined numbers for all of them. And then on basketballreference.com, uh, check that out. They have all kinds of amazing stuff. Um, that's showing me regular season, most amount of games. Um, Got it. So as far as most games we've played, easily the Lakers easily the most amount of playoff matchups with them and we've lost eight out of ten of them so as blazers fans it's very legitimate to have hatred of the lakers but the thing is the lakers have been a powerhouse for most of their history so they're going to have a lot of other teams that have also played them for six eight ten times in the playoffs as well so so if we if we played them on the road to 77 and we only had two wins you said yeah we've only beaten them one time outside of that well, so oh, okay. Wait, so then how do we how do we not get through them? We would have had four wins to to get through them in the year of seventy seven. No, I'm I'm talking right? about the series, not the not the amount of games. Oh, okay. Yeah, we've Got only it. won Got two it. series out of ten in our history against the Lakers. Oh, okay. Yep. Got it. Got it. So we we beat them in seventy seven. We lost to them in eighty three, eighty five. Let's see. Well, the two 89. times, the two seasons, the two fifty-plus win seasons that we've had in the last five, four or five years, they haven't even been participating. Yeah, and we beat up so, what? Oh, I mean, this this could help the case that the Lakers would consider us a rival because we beat them. What was it, sixteen, seventeen games straight, and we beat them in LeBron's first game as a Laker, and we beat them. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to it, but we beat. All their scrub players this uh, <laughs> this last yes, week. Yes, we did. Uh, not call, calling them scrubs. They're all better than me at basketball easily. Um, yeah. But it's all relative. Yeah, and so Blazers, um, who they've played in the finals, they've played in three different finals. They beat the Sixers. 
they lost to the Bulls and the Pistons. Obviously, we're not the Bulls' biggest rivals. We're not the Pistons' biggest rivals. There's something that could be said for the Sixers because we've seen them in the finals. We beat them. And uh, I don't know. Here's, we've had good games here's with one, them recently. Here's a, here's a, a, a kind of a mind-bender. If there was an Eastern Conference rival you'd have to choose for the Trailblazers, who would you say? I mean... I would say Orlando or Memphis. Or okay, Memphis is a Western Conference team. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Ah, <laughs> oh, well, there we go. More credibility for the Peeps and Plaid podcast. Woo! No, I'm I'm not thinking right now. And that needs to change, by the way. We're going to talk about oh. that as we get a little bit more into our conference uh, d- dissolution. But yes, um, I was just thinking teams that are west, west east of the uh, Mississippi. East of the Mississippi. If they yeah, even are. But, I don't know where that is. Yeah, I think they are. Yeah. But, I mean, well, you know, I guess wrapping up that terribly posed question, um, the Magic just kind of got that Fournier. I know CJ and Fournier kind of had that beef. Um, Dame, when he's went in there, there's the heckler that he had to overcome. Hmm. Um, Mo is an ex-Magic player. Um there just seems to be a little bit of something whenever they're over there, but in reality, they're they're. I don't I don't know if there's anyone that we could consider a rival in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean, all time, I'd probably say the Sixers probably because we've beaten them in the championship. Um, I don't know this this year we blew them out twice. I don't know all time. We've also played the Pistons and Bulls. Obviously, they had the bad boy Pistons that we lost to in the finals and the michael mm-hmm. jordan led bowls that we lost to in the finals and clyde drexler and michael jordan had a bit of a rivalry being essentially the top two shooting guards in the league at the time yep. so i don't know eastern conference is tough but as far as actual western conference here, here's some more um numbers the blazers in the conference finals they have won three and lost three they've beaten the jazz suns and lakers and they've lost to the Lakers twice and the Spurs once. So the the Jazz Blazers could be a legitimate um, decision historically uh, because the Jazz had, you know, the mailman Carl Malone and uh, John Stockton. So they, they were a powerhouse in the same time that Clyde Drexler and the Blazers were. So th- mm-hmm. there's something to be said for that rivalry. At the same time, the Blazers-Rockets had a similar, not similar, but... A rivalry at that time because the Rockets traded for Clyde Drexler and then won a championship immediately after that. So I mean, two in a row, right? Or no, I think they won one, then traded and won one with him. Uh, but I was—I don't know if I was born. I was not born. I know that for a fact. So yeah, man, I wish I was. If anybody, you know, and, and Keith uh, Rip City Keith uh, on Trailcasters actually said that he had a friend who had recently uncovered an old. Um, trailblazers uh tape i believe to the uh western was it, i think the western conference finals i don't think it was the year of 77 but um uh, point being if anybody has any old uh blazers documentaries or or footage or uh, youtube links that they they would like to educate us us youngins on uh please send them our way via twitter um we would love to um, i guess i should speak for myself i would love to check that stuff out i will ditto that yeah um, so all-time rivals, another big one is the Suns. We've played them seven times in the playoffs. That's second most to the Lakers. 
Uh, we're and that's the closest one. We've beaten them three times, lost four times, and we beat them in the conference finals to go to the finals one year. So that's that's a pretty big deal. Um, but as far as teams that all time we've played the most, Lakers, then Suns, and then the Sonics slash Thunder. And this is the closest win percentage we have. We've beaten them 49% of the time. So in 252 games against the Sonics or the Thunder, we it's been split, essentially. And we've, yeah. we haven't had a playoff series against them since since <laughs> it wasn't too long ago right I mean, no it was referencing that that's the thing okay we haven't played the sonics or thunder since 1991 in the playoffs oh you know what then it's everyone everyone's referencing last season's regular season record then huh yeah we uh the okay be- got beating it. them six in a row um, yeah i was like I don't, I don't i kept just reading that and saying you know we didn't i don't think we saw them in the postseason last year I mean, it would have had to have been in the right first round, right? No, that was that was Pelicans. So yeah, yeah. I mean, so I'm, that's I'm pretty stoked for you know we went even when they were in Seattle, we went what 16 years without playing them in the playoffs, and now since they've been in OKC, we've gone what 10, 11, 12 years. So it's been a long time coming. 27 years since we've played them, and. Should be a good I mean, one. there's only there's really only two directions this thing can go with 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 Westbrook too in a, in a playoff series, especially a passionate playoff series. Um, it would have been really interesting to see Nurkic and him involved in this context. But oh, yeah. um, Russ is either gonna get you know, and this doesn't have to hold steady for all all games participated in, but he really is either gonna get amped up and his efficiency is gonna hold. Um, and he'll he's just gonna go off, or he's gonna get frustrated in that efficient that I guess I should just rephrase it and say inefficiency, yeah. um, especially from behind the line, uh, three point line uh, is just gonna kind of implode a little bit. Yeah. So hopefully we see the latter. You know, if 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 we can just contain Paul George and then shut down Westbrook, um, you know, let the other guys score at that point. Let them score and just have more faith in our bench than theirs yeah um that's that would that's that's how i'd be looking at it yeah so just to close up the rivalry talk i think it's relatively safe to say considering currently and in the past um all time our biggest rivals i'd say definitely the lakers even if the lakers don't feel the same way uh then the thunder and the jazz and maybe the rockets um so Two of the two of those teams are out of our division, but also in the West, and two of those teams are in our division. So Jazz and Thunder are kind of our closest proximity rivals, and we are playing one of them, and we were just one loss to the Kings away from playing the other. So, yep, yeah, it's it's fun to talk about rivals. Let us know what your favorite rivalries are and who you think the Blazers' biggest rival is, and if anyone considers us their biggest rival oh my goodness i can't talk so many bees um (laughs) all right so moving on you know what let's go back and let's talk about the last four games of the regular season what did you think of those last four games well we had a chance to record i think before that first denver game um and i just had some of those statistics up there they had four more steals and five more turnovers on us in that first game otherwise it's a neck and neck game also they had shot 
uh, 10% better, almost 10% better from the line uh, than we did, and they had nine more free throw attempts. So um, I, I did, I didn't have a, have much of a chance to watch that as closely as I would have liked, but um, I just know that a lot of people were up in arms per usual on some of the foul calls. Um, so we would like to see that brushed up a little bit, uh, you know, and if, if, it, if it is more of the player's fault, then, you know, do whatever you got to do to sit with the in-house uh, ex-referee to, to, to brush that up. But um, like I said, mostly mo- that first one was a story of um, Denver having a couple more steals and us having nine less free throws. Otherwise, we were neck and neck in pretty much every other category. Um, and then that, that next game, I think, um, that was when, that was when chief went off and maybe eat my words. Right. Yeah. And, and the nuggets rested pretty much all their starters, but I mean, what, what you were saying, yeah, we don't need to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> what you were saying with that, like really made me feel better about that nuggets game thinking back because yeah, Dame wasn't getting foul calls. He even got warned for flopping by the NBA refs, which I'm not going to go into how much BS that is, but yeah, yeah that was a close game in Denver This is a team that's second best in the West. Obviously, we have a close record with them. But we didn't have Yusuf Nurkic, and we still did that well against them. So, obviously, Mm -hmm. we'd prefer a win, but it was a good game to to lose in Denver. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we won the next game against them, even even though it was a little closer than you'd like with their bench playing. Well, in that first game, too, uh, Cantor may have had 24, but that was our only player to eclipse... 20 points. Mm. They had their their big three between Millsap, uh, the Joker, and, and Murray had all more than 20 combined. So uh, I shouldn't say combined, but all more than 20. <laughs> uh, Murray with 23, uh, Joker with 22, and Millsap with 25. So, um, you know, and then I think they had Torrey Craig with 18. So they had a couple guys just really show out, and uh, just so happens those guys were not there the next game. Yeah. So, what did you think about that? Uh, let's see that uh, that Lakers game, though. That Lakers game, man, that was intense. Cause the Lakers had what's what's his name? Uh, what uh, shoot? Course Course Cordova Caruso 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 Yeah Yeah Aggressively balding Caruso Aggressively balding I am knocking on wood that I don't start balding anytime soon. But man, like that guy plays hard. Uh, obviously, there's there's that highlight where he's going up for a putback dunk, and LeBron's just losing his mind. But I mean, mm-hmm. those Lakers young guys were pretty tough, and they they had a lot of energy. Um, and that that's what that game was all about. Is it was a game we should have won, and luckily we did. Uh, but it was a comeback win. It was it was close throughout, and we had to come back in it. And the Lakers were just outrunning us we we couldn't keep up with their energy it was a bunch of uh shoot well caldwell pope caldwell pope had 32 man so yeah their young core did all right but he did very well i want to say that was in the second quarter um and then just kind of down the stretch they kind of just spread it around i think mcgee has really came into his own there um he he already did a bit when he was at uh, in in oakland um but he's just Man, we used to make memes about this guy, and now he's yeah. now he's just killing it. And and I need to eat my words a little bit because I think I was totally mixing that up with the Grizzlies game, because the Lakers mm-hmm. were not a bunch of no names. It was mm-hmm. quite a few no names, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. Caldwell Pope was basically—I mean, he took like way too many shots, but Caldwell Pope was yeah. 
playing pretty well for- considering like when you look at it and you're like oh well you know they still have a pretty good player in Contavious Caldwell Pope and it's like yeah but you have Damon CJ playing against him you shouldn't be right. that concerned with Contavious Caldwell Pope um, so it was a lot closer than it should have been and it was actually the Lakers who were coming back on us I totally mixed that up um, and yeah it was it was a close one it was a scary one and it came down to Mo Harkless being a beast uh, that's something Man, I can't believe I totally mixed this up with the Memphis game. Uh, Mo Harkless had career high in points, twenty six points. He was just going off. I they're throwing out the nicknames Sam Mo Rai and Ninja Mo because he was wearing that ninja headband. And man, he hit that. I hadn't heard Sam Mo Rai yet. That's pretty good. Oh, like dude, I've been one. tweeting that like crazy. I heard it from someone on. I think it was Kevin Calabro. Uh, but man, Mo Harkless was just going off, and he hit that game winner corner three and the lakers were just like oh shoot because they they had come back so much we finally closed it out cj was still on a minutes restriction and curry came up with 19 on his own uh so that's anytime seth scores almost 20 points statistically speaking we're we're gonna win the game and aminu just followed up his two really good performances with an amazing zero points and five rebounds good job (laughs) Yeah, so maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll have to just kind of temper my opinions with, with Mr. Al Farouk Amino here in, in the interim. No, and I think that was the game where three or four of our players went like 0 for 17 combined. It was Aminu, Hood, Collins, and Lehman. I think we're 0 for 17 combined. So yeah. that was a rough one. <laughs> Well, and, I mean, moving on, I think I th- that Kings game was was kind of refreshing with our with that nice little six man young guy, quote unquote, no name lineup of our own. What'd you think about that? That Kings game, I had tickets to that game. I also had my church youth group, which I go to every week, and I decided, okay, I'm going to go to youth group, and my mom can go with her friend to the Kings game, and they went oh, and they had a blast. Goodness. No regrets. I'm sure they did. No regrets. I I love hanging out with um the students and having a blast at youth group but man that game everyone's talking about it like the biggest game of the season craziest stuff that's happened and simons went off he played all 48 minutes so did gary trent jr and so did who was it It wasn't layman was it well uh, at what what position are we layman played all 48 minutes those three players played oh, the entire game. Oh my goodness, game. he did. Myers and Scal played pretty much the <laughs> entire game. Zach Collins got 13 minutes to to break them up, but all of them over 40 minutes. And Anthony Simons had the most points in his first start in NBA, not NBA history, since um, Anthony Morrow also got 37, and the most before that wasn't since like 1984. So Simons was wow. just going off. Everyone. I think one of our players had less than 50% shooting. Zach Collins only missed one shot. He only played 13 minutes, but he did great. 13 points in 13 Mm -hmm. minutes, six rebounds. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. had some amazing defensive possessions, like just sticking right on his guy, hands straight up. Uh, He was playing great. He was hitting shots too, 19 points. But Simons, 37, 9, and 6. It was insane. Scal was putting up some moves. That guy was shooting well as well. He got 29 points, 15 rebounds. He's he, I've seen him put more put-back dunk or just dunk highlights, poster highlights in that one game than I saw in like the second half of the season from from some of these other guys. He was killing it. Dude, it was crazy. I want to pull up that full stats cuz I'm stuck at like the abridged stats, I, but that 
That was crazy. The Blazers shot 58% from the field. The Kings, and here's the biggest freaking thing we haven't even mentioned. This game, the Blazers allowed the most points in a half in team history. The Kings had 87 points on them in the first half. And the Blazers were down by 28 at one point. 28. It's not like 10 points, 18, even 20 points. It's 28 mm-hmm. points, and they came back and won it right at the end. That's that's the second. And you know what? When I was sitting there, I was over at my girlfriend's watching the second half of the game, and I said, you know, I watched the Kings drop this to Brooklyn like two or three weeks ago. There was that crazy comeback win when Brooklyn was at the Kings, and they had like a 20-some-odd point comeback. And I just thought to myself, if there's one team that we can do this about, do this to, it's the Kings. Yeah. And it's kind of it's kind of sad for them because you know they were going for their 40th win, whatever they they thought it was going to be a gimme. Um, but you know we'll take it, we'll take it however we can get it. And um, like you said, Trent played some great defense. Bagley for had 20 for them. Uh, Fox and Yogi Ferrell, who's the Blazers Blazers uh, assassin, Yogi Ferrell. Yeah. <laughs> with 17. Um, you know, they played 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. All 13 Including guys. the starters. Yeah. We played our and deep bench. Jake Lehman's the only guy who's gotten... I mean, Jake, Zach, and Myers Leonard. We have a deep team, so everyone plays every once in a while. But, I mean, it was as deep as our bench gets was playing this game. And, dude, the, the Kings... I, I want to condemn the Kings for firing Dave Yeager. The, there's one scenario where I'm okay with the Kings firing him, and that's where they say, hey, the Blazers are playing their worst players. If you don't win this game, you're fired. I'm cool with it. If that's what happened and he yeah. lost the game still when he knew the pressure was on, sure, that's fine. But Dave Yeager brought this team to relevancy. They were ninth best in the West. They were better than the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James and an entire new starting lineup this year that is kind like, of a joke and how long how long had he been there do you happen to know how long he'd been with the Kings? it was his third year i believe i think he had three years there that's that, see and that's the that's the complex that's it's almost the nature of the beast but that's the complex of professional sports where it's like how often do these do these guys get a chance to even build something yeah and he's in year three you can either take a big step like you're really in year three gonna cut some guy off at that point. That yeah. makes no sense to me either. It's it's crazy to me. The the only thing that I would understand is if they're like super huge on Luke Walton and they just wanted to hire Luke Walton. But even so, it's like, dude, what has he even done? Uh, ex- what has he well, even done? He led the greatest team in NBA history to a like what thirty one game win streak, twenty six game win streak, when he was uh, taken over for Steve Kerr. But yeah, I mean that like I said, best team in NBA history. So how much of it was really Luke Walton? Um, yeah. And I just, I, I I think it's ridiculous that Jaeger got fired. I hope he gets another job. I don't think he's the best coach in the league or anything, but um, I think he definitely exceeded expectations. I thought the Kings were the worst team in the West. I mean, I thought the Suns were going to make strides this season. Um, I thought maybe the Grizzlies might be as bad as the Kings, but you know, at at least bottom three team. And they ended up in ninth, just outside of the playoffs. Um, obviously, they still had a losing record, 39-43. and 43, But they took a big step forward, and they didn't have much improvement in their roster. Um, so I, I think it's ridiculous that Jaeger got fired. Um, I, and I could be saying his name wrong, Jorger or something, I don't know. But, um, no, I think, you're, I, think you're, I think you're correct. Yeah, I love... Uh, yeah. And speaking of speaking of uh, departures, um, 
of, of, of team coaches and, and front office and yada, yada, yada. Uh, we, we happen to not touch on the surprise retirement <laughs> of Mr. Magic Johnson oh. moments before the Lakers game. Man, that was, that was our game too. It was like, dude, Magic Johnson... <laughs> Tell him what happened. Oh my god. Well, I mean, he he starts off the interview, the presser by like going on this kind of five minute depressing uh, bender, talking about how his wife and his relationship has been affected, um, and how he wants to be there for her and how she's a priority and whatnot. Which which the way I had a discussion with a buddy of mine is that means one of two things: either a that's true, and kind of weird um, that that was the first thing to be discussed or B it's not and or it was exaggerated upon and he had used his family to essentially soften the blow second weirdest part is Jeannie Buss didn't even know (laughs) that's weird that's very weird and he's going to talk about his loyalty and all that stuff Um, and third was just like the timing of it all like it the Stephen A. Smith. I, I hadn't had a chance to watch too much of his his rants after following it, but I believe he just kept talking about no. I'm gonna get to the bottom of this. I'm gonna get to the bottom yeah. of this because even as just a, a fan watching it, there it just didn't add up. Yeah. There was that was something that I had I had not seen even out of just other GMs that didn't have near of a spotlight. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's a contributing factor. So my thoughts on Magic Johnson. I respect him for the most part in what he did. I There's a, two things that I don't like about what he did. First, he didn't wait till the end of the season. I really think he should have waited till the season was over before he brings all this drama on him. Obviously, it was like their last game right beforehand, but you could have just waited. and yeah. But the other big thing, the huge thing, is you got to tell the players, maybe, but you definitely got to tell Jeannie Buss. He's talking about, oh, she's a sister to me. I, I can't believe that I have to do this to her, and he's like, yeah, I haven't told her. And they're like, what? You haven't told Jeannie Buss, your, I mean, yeah. essentially your boss? Like, you haven't told her? And he's like, nah, like, I'm out. It's like, what the heck, dude? Like, if you really respect her, you gotta at least tell her. Um, yeah. I mean, it's easier said than done, but it's like, I mean, I respect him for, for everything that he said. He's like, I want to be a mentor and a big brother to all these players that are in the league, and whenever he tries to do it, it's tampering, and I get that, and, and it's important to look at your life and be like, is this really something that I enjoy doing? Cause that's something that you got to, as a professional at that level, how do you not foresee, how do you not, how do you not account for that going in? Yeah. I feel like maybe he just jumped into it. Yeah. And I mean, just the way that he got out of it just kind of burned bridges. Cause it's opportunities like this probably won't open themselves up to him in the future. Um, no because like never again exactly so so it's like i understand that you don't want to do it and that's fine you can back out of it um i mean i'm more than happy with the lakers being dysfunctional but it's it's like that's not the way to do it man um you definitely should have told genie bus um but i get it like the dude's got millions of dollars he can do whatever he wants and he's got tons of people that look up to him and admire him so i can totally understand if the way you're going in life isn't the right track and you easily see another option and you take it that's totally respectable um but there's just a few things about the way he did it that i do not think was cool um definitely questionable yeah so um let's talk about just one more topic um before we go 
and that's the future of the NBA, which we talked about in our first couple episodes. But this is just going to be a, a quick topic of potential changes to the NBA playoffs. So we've talked before about drop-in conferences, you know, just 1 through 16 based on record. Um, there's, you know, definitely a lot of talk about that considering that the Eastern Conference has been weaker than the West for pretty much in its entirety the last 20, 30 years. But, I mean, there's there's the idea of dropping conferences altogether, and, like, the West could have 12 teams in the playoffs and the East only has four, and then there's that matchups are... It's still 8-8 eight and eight in each conference, but matchups go across conference. Um, for me, I think it would be awesome if there's some way they could implement this. Where, yeah. Well... My idea, where you choose your opponent. So, Hmm. the Golden State Warriors, the Milwaukee Bucks, well, I guess the Bucks had the best record in the NBA. I mean, maybe they do it based on conference, 1-8 through in conference, or something. But you go down, the best team in the league chooses who they want to play in the first round. Imagine how much drama would go around that. Like, Like the Bucks are like, oh, yeah. Draft, a playoff draft. Yes, the playoff draft. Imagine how amazing this would be. The Bucks are like, yeah, Pistons are an eighth in the East. We'll take the Pistons. And then the Raptors are like, okay, we'll take the Magic. Like, they, they go down the list. But then you see where teams deviate from that. Like, maybe a oh, maybe yeah. a two takes a five or something. Or, like, like one once in 20 years, like, the one seed takes the two seeds. And it's the biggest thing you've ever seen in the NBA playoffs. How does, like, how does that kind of affect locker room mentality, though? Because even if it was, like, let's say Terry Stotts sat down with uh, with the team and they had that discussion and whoever they opted out of playing the first round they saw him the next round yeah like it makes it makes you wonder if any of those those locker room sentiments would kind of linger and they would even even if only subconsciously and they would think well wait these are guys that we voted to not play yeah. now we have to play them you know I, I think that I think that any mature professional at that point would probably just say, well, you know that's for the first round, first, and and it's about it's about likelihood, not necessarily about certainty. So, um, I mean, I like the idea. Um, I'd, I'd I'd be interested to maybe see that implemented overseas or uh, in the G League or something, right? That'd be that'd be pretty interesting, dude. I just think it would be so much fun. Like, just imagine the drama surrounding like the Warriors taking the Nuggets in like this series like the Nuggets oh, are like I mean, you could... oh you think you can beat us all right bet like just just imagine how intense the Nuggets would go at it knowing the one seed picked you like and and that would that would be disrespectful exactly it would be hilarious to watch oh my gosh I would love it and you you could make an entire nighttime special for that you know yeah. that thing could that that's a that's a two hour or an hour long special that could sell and oh yeah coca-cola and everybody could make their extra dollar so yeah. that that could actually uh nba you want more money there. this is the way to do it your playoffs are going to get even more money than they're getting you now uh but man like what what spurt what sparked this idea in me is i was like man I, and i think i've heard something similar said before um an idea like this where like teams can choose who they they play uh but I mean, just imagine, like, the Warriors are like, oh, yeah, we'll take the Pistons. Like, man, like, that over the Clippers, I'd, I'd probably take the Pistons over the Clippers. But um, actually, maybe not if I'm the Warriors with their two big men and you're kind of lacking at the big man. But uh, anyway, um, what sparked this idea is I was like, man, like, these first-round matchups, the 1-8 matchups are just, like, you already know what's going to happen before it happens. Um 
so I was like, man, how how do I get to see like Pistons versus Magic, the seven and eight? Like obviously neither of them is gonna win a playoff series against anyone else, but it would be so mm-hmm. much more fun to see them against each other. And it's not gonna yeah. happen. You're, you're, those teams are gonna be playing the best of the best if they have a choice. But there's still the possibility that like teams choose someone that they think they match up with better than just the worst team and that the worst teams maybe have a better shot against the teams they are against. So I just think it would be a lot of fun. So that, that's my idea for the future of the NBA. And uh, the NBA's uh, talking right now. I saw in Bleacher Report, there's an article about the NBA's discussing potential changes and the potential for a mid-season tournament. Um, so I don't want to keep talking forever, but I think a mid-season tournament and a tournament that maybe has lottery implications could be really cool for the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I think the kind of security that the NBA has offered and from what I've heard uh, regarding those lottery draft picks and, um, you know, essentially confirming a, a three, a three spot window for certain teams. Uh, I think that's already one step in the right direction in, in, in kind of legitimizing the failed franchises. Um, I don't know if, adding a playing element, uh, a couple game playing element into an entire organization's uh, trajectory uh, or draft pick is, is the smartest idea for certain, uh, certain areas. I know that me, that me personally living down here in Phoenix, there would be a lot of upset people with that (laughs) because when people down here lose, they, they, uh, they look to the, look to the lottery. And if they lost a mid season tournament too, and that gave them a worse stick in the lottery, then I just don't know how well that would flow with certain uh, certain areas. Yeah, but you know, I, man, it would be so cool. Just because March Madness is such a big deal, and other than that, so many people like just don't even care about college basketball. So it's like, if you had your own March Madness style tournament in the NBA, that could be huge. Uh, it could draw a lot of attention, and if it had lottery implications, no matter what. So like, even the best team in the league has some sort of shot like if you win that tournament you have some sort of shot but it's still super low because no one wants the warriors getting zion williamson you know so i mean they're yeah. it's somehow slanted where it's like you get like 0.01 percent or something if you win the tournament and you're still the best team in the league like just something that gives every team an incentive to play hard but it still is slanted toward the worst teams in the league anyway um yeah i think it'd be awesome if the nba can figure something out I don't know that their mid-season tournament is necessarily going to be to affect the lottery or not, but I think it could be a really cool idea. Definitely, uh, you know, we're, we're discussing a, a league that is more progressive than others and, and more willing to try new things than others. So if there's any uh, of the major four sports uh, associations here in the States, it would be the NBA to adopt something new like that. Yeah. I mean, I think NHL probably more so, but... Uh, the, the the big three, other than the NHL, I think definitely more so than the NFL or MLB. Um, yeah. But the NBA, man, they need to just expand. Check out our, what was it, episode two or three where we talk about league expansion because the NBA needs to expand. We need Seattle back. We're talking about rivalries. Seattle would be the number one for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, to everybody who has made it this far with us, definitely check us out here on Peeps and Plaid uh, on any major uh, streaming platform uh, such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes. Find us on social media at Peeps and Plaid on Twitter and Instagram. And as always, thank you to Ziggy Zay for the intro and outro music. Here is a new song. 
hesitate. Check him out on Spotify. On the stovetop, headed down the wrong road, mm, but I hope not. Just don't crash and you might just last as long as you hear them. They can't take your spot. Mm. Hesitate when you in a high class, gotta separate. I ain't got time for you featherweights. I'm just trying to get my weight up, make it elevate. Yeah, hesitate. Took a long time to hit accelerate. If you ain't got the drive, then you better wait. But I've been had the drive, just need better brakes. Uh, hesitate when you in a high class, gotta separate. I ain't got time for you featherweights. I'm just trying to get my weight up, make it elevate. Yeah, hesitate. Took a long time to hit accelerate. If you ain't got the drive, then you better wait. But I've been had the drive, just need better brakes. Hit him with the Hezzy CP3 blow by, get ready, can't take my place now. Way too heavy in the way you moving now, look a bit unsteady. See, I know a lot of clowns, but I thought through my moves and it's gonna go down. See, I got the engine running and they hate that sound, cause they know I'm on the move. Ain't no way I'm gonna lose, cause I never gotta prove myself. They've been bruising my health, so I had to move on. Might have took too long, but it's done, been dealt. Gonna take off like I got no belt. Gonna get hot, yo, the blow might melt. So I gotta elevate to a higher place. Empire mind state when I'm on. Wanna escape in Patron, but escape in my zone. I'm fly, get my cape, and I'm gone. gone.